he would do anything for anybody. My whole family thinks the same of him, you know, so it's, it's and my friends are like, wow, you're so lucky. And I would always say he, he calls it baggage. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, Mr. Sims. Hello, Ms. Sims. Today, we get to announce another winner to the Nacho Kids Academy Sylvia Krakauer Scholarship. All right. You ready to do it now? I'm ready to do it now. I hear you. Give me some kind of sound, David. <laughs> some kind of sound? Yeah, but not the drum roll, though. Oh, like, like a legit sound? Yeah. Sounds like the price is right. <laughs> All right. So the winner of the Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship this week is Courtney Q. Congratulations, Courtney. Courtney, Courtney. We're so <laughs> proud of you, Courtney, Courtney. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to apply for a free month of the Nacho Kids Academy through the Sylvia Krakauer Scholarship, send us an email with a video telling us why you deserve a scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy. Mm-hmm. Where do you send the email? You send the email to contact us at nachokids.com. Or if the file's too big, you can always send us a Dropbox or a Google Drive link. Yep. Just right. get it to us. Yeah, just get it to us. And it doesn't have to be your sweet little faces in case you're camera shy. All right, so David, let's talk about our guest today. Okay. Stepmom Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Michelle is a member of the Nacho Kids Academy. Woo woo. She's already awesome. Yes, she is. She's <laughs> already made great strides in her blend. We're very proud of her. Michelle and her husband together have seven kids. Oh, my goodness. What were you thinking, Michelle? David, don't say that. <laughs> that's but, not supportive. But that's what people ask. Like, people asked you that when you married some guy with four kids. I know. I know. You remember like, wow, in the world, what were you thinking? Yeah. And you said, um, the reason why I married him. It's like, dude, he has a Harley and he's hot. Duh. Oh, darling. Okay. Come on, let's move it's on. It's not what you really said. Crap. <laughs> That's close to it. <laughs> it's very interesting, this blend, because the stepkid and the bio kid, the daughters were friends in school, like really best friends. Huh. So that's been an interesting dynamic. I wonder, like, did the kids hook up the parents? No, it wasn't like Parent Trap or something. Oh, Parent Trap's trying to get them back together. Well, did, like, they go to school functions together and they just ran into each other? Hmm. Interesting. All right. Anyway. Anyway. I did want to bring up the fact that Michelle said they had went to a therapist, but the therapist didn't understand the blend and what they were suggesting was being hurtful. Mm, Yeah, we see that a lot. Yeah, we hear that more often than not where the therapist is not familiar with a blend. They themselves think that a blended family should be like a nuclear family. So Mm. they make the stepmom or even the stepdad at times feel like dog dookie because Mm -hmm. they don't love those kids like their own or you're just not loving them enough or you're just not taking care of them enough. No, 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 people. Yeah, let's... uh... Let's take what we're doing wrong and do it more. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. Yeah. 
Let's let those parents not have to parent their kids. <laughs> Why should they have to parent a child they created? Yeah. I, th- I think it's called a step parent, not a surrogate parent. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> we changing the name too. We yeah. are going to change the name. Yep. Get rid of this whole step parent thing. Yep. Not going to be a step mom. There's not going to be a step dad. There's not even going to be a step family when we get done with this. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> it didn't, did it? No. Should I edit that part out? <laughs> no, I think people understand it. It just didn't sound. All right, y'all, y'all get what I'm saying. Y'all picking up what I'm throwing down. Yeah, you definitely threw it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. So let's make this brief because we have some very anxious listeners. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, shoot. Let's get into it then. First, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing great. David's here with us, too. Yes, Michelle, my bell. <laughs> Hello, guys. I'm sure you heard that before, right? <laughs> many, many times. Many times. So, Michelle, how long have you been blending? So, my husband and I have been married for, it'll be five years this coming October. We've been together, I guess, about seven total. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, all that happy stuff? Neighbors kids. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of neighbors kids. So we have a total of seven kids, no hours kids. We're too old for that. Plus there's too many of them. But my husband has four children aged, uh, let me see here, 20, 18, 16, and 13. And I have three of my own children, all girls, aged 17, 15 and 12 so seven all together mm, yep. stressful just listening to <laughs> yeah tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> so you have all girls and how many of his are girls so he is one girl one girl the 18 uh, year old is a girl the rest are boys okay mm-hmm. i feel sorry for her mm-hmm. i know poor she's, probably, she's probably mean <laughs> she grew up with all them boys around her <laughs> she's definitely tough that's for sure <laughs> So was she accepting of all these new girls in her life? So funny. We agreed to do this podcast. I was thinking back of, because it seems like step family goes in slow motion. So I was trying to think back when we first moved in and decided to blend and her specific reaction. And I remember writing her a letter about how proud I was of her to accept four women, four chicks moving into her home. And um, she was, honestly, she was, she was wonderful. She couldn't have been better. Her and my daughter, my oldest daughter, first of all, everybody goes to the same school. So let me preface it with that. Um, We're all in the same school district, all in the same schools. So all the kids knew each other before we got together. That's a whole nother issue in and of itself. But um, the two girls actually were friends. And we were really nervous about that, my husband and I, in the beginning, because you don't have girls, but they're tough. And we were nervous that they were friends. And what if, you know, girls are, they become, they can 
become enemies just as quickly as they can become friends. And I'm very nervous about that. But in actuality, in the beginning, they were so close. We used to have to kick them out of each other's rooms on school night because they were hanging out. So it was actually a, a wonderful, a wonderful beginning, a wonderful start. And she was, she was really, I, I thought, happy to have us and seen that way. And I treated her kind of like my fourth daughter, that type, you know, she was, she came with us on, with that, on, you know, whenever we did anything, she was included. Um, I just kind of looked at her like my fourth kid. Yeah. I, I keep waiting on that person who says something to the effect of, you know, his son and my daughter uh, were dating in high school and then we ended up getting married and I'm like, whoa, that would be a mess. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And that's, and we'll, I mean, we can get into that because I also have a daughter and a stepson the same age. So that's been, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does that make you kind of go, hmm, do we need to kind of look at this and, and keep an eye on it? I mean, definitely. I Well, that's, that's everybody it's, it's with seven children and all of them basically teenagers at this point. There's so many different relationships going on in the house. Um, some of the kids have no relationship. Some of them have a super tight relationship. Some of them hate each other. It's all, it's so varied. It's, it's, it's completely, it's crazy. The two, um, I have a daughter and he has a son who are in the same grade um, and they don't, they don't like each other. They don't speak and they don't like each other. And um, so I don't have a worry or fear that there's anything going on in that situation. Um, but I do know that given the fact that they are at that awkward 15, 16 year old age and go to the same school and have similar friends, um, you know, there, that was definitely a big issue where the kids were teasing them, you know, oh, oh, your rooms are across from each other. Oh, <laughs> I, we heard you were taking each other to the prom and, and it, it actually, they didn't find it funny and still don't find it funny. And um, it, it really has caused, that has caused a rift definitely with the two of them. They're not handling it very well. So uh, yeah, to, to your point, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. We actually interviewed somebody else before that kind of had a similar situation where um, they were being teased at school. And because of that, they ended up not liking each other, at least now temporarily um, because of the dynamic of what's happening in school. So they push each other away and they treat each other bad just to compensate for the people at school making jokes about how convenient it is that they live together. <laughs> and that's a 100% the situation with these two, 100%. So um, not to mention they have completely different personalities. I mean, talk about opposites. So um, it's a shame. It's like, I look at them and I'm like, you guys could be, you guys could, you guys could take this to the next level and, and rise above it and, and um, laugh along with it and, and play, but they're just not there yet. So that's, that is what is going on, unfortunately, with their relationship, those two specifically. Yeah. I think when you're young like that, your identity is, um, is tied closely to how people see you. Um, and and mm -hmm. so they have to protect that. Definitely. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You said um, when you were talking about stepdaughter 18, you said in the beginning, mm -hmm. things were wonderful. Um, you thought that she was glad to have y'all there. So things changed. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and please tell me what interrupt me or tell me when to stop <laughs> at any time. But so back when we got together, um, so I guess, so if you do the math, so five years ago, mm -hmm. which people, if you do the, I guess, if you 
do some research and, and blending and when to blend, we really picked the worst time to do it as far as the ages were, because kind of like middle schoolish for a lot of them, which is, um, which is tough. Uh, but I remember saying to everybody when they were asking, I mean, I'm sure every, everybody in blended families have, have gotten, oh, the Brady Bunch. Oh, you guys are like the Brady Bunch. If I, if I had a dime for any, every time somebody said that, you know, I'd be a quadrillionaire by now. But, but you don't have an Alice and that's the problem. <laughs> well, we said, we used to say that my stepdaughter was the Alice because he had the three boys. I had the three girls and then she was the stepdaughter. <laughs> she would be the Alice. If, if we had to do a family, like, you know, photo shoot, you know, a Halloween costume, that's how it would go. But, um, yeah, so it was, and it was, it, I'll tell you what, it was, it was really good. In the beginning, it was, um, people would look at me like I was crazy. Oh my God, seven kids, that, that must be tough. And, oh, did they all get along? And I remember looking at everybody thinking they were crazy. Yeah, everybody gets along and, and they did. I mean, they, they really did. Um, some more than others, but they definitely felt comfortable with each other. And I guess people refer to it now as the honeymoon period. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that's where we were. And then I would say my children started having a rough time. Everybody but my oldest daughter. She's, she's actually been the most um, steady throughout everything. But my younger two daughters, their, their father, um, he's, I, you say high conflict bio mom. He's high conflict bio dad for sure. Um, and never accepted the divorce, never accepted my new relationship and really did a number on them as far as making them feel guilty if they were having, they liked anybody over at our, in our house, or they accepted my husband, um, did, did all the bad damaging things that you, that you read about, unfortunately. Uh, and that very much started to affect my, my kids. Um, and they started rejecting my husband and my stepkids and Nobody was mean to anybody, but it was kind of like, um, I don't know, it was hard to explain. You could, you could, they would cry and, and get upset and say that they didn't feel comfortable in the house and they, they felt um, all sorts of negative emotions. And mm -hmm. that was definitely coming out and his kids were seeing it also. So that was rough. It was rough on myself and rough on my husband. And in the meantime, I, and I didn't realize this until I discovered the nacho kids. Um, but I definitely was criticizing my husband, um, for his parenting and, um, oh my God, why is he on his video games for six hours or no one eats the vegetables? What's going on with that? You got You got to make sure the, oh my God, they left dishes in the sink. What? And so I was, I was not so much disciplining my stepchildren in, during this whole, this whole transition. Um, because I read Again, doing the research, you read, don't discipline your stepkids. So I, but then I was on my husband to do it. And it, that was causing a rift in our relationship. So we had my kids going downhill, my relationship with my husband really getting, getting cantankerous and, and, and unfortunately tense, not putting each other first for, for sure. Um, and it was all just becoming a big, big mess. Then yeah. from then my kids, you know, actually started to get better. I, we started to go into therapy. I, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, and this is the truth, unless you are going to somebody who specializes in blended families or is in a blended family, 
I, I mean, the therapist we went to, the advice they were giving us, it's, it's really, it was hurtful, more hurtful than, than helpful. So I definitely do not recommend that. And that's why I was so excited to find you guys. But in the meantime, my kids, I guess, fast forward maybe a year or two, my kids started coming around a little bit. And then all of a sudden, his kids really, really went downhill. And, McKen- and my stepdaughter, who is, was kind of, she's kind of the ringleader amongst her brothers. Like she's the, the one. I, I, I know, Laurie, you said that you had a stepson who was kind of the ringleader. And mm-hmm. I totally, I get that because she is the same exact, she is the, the influencer um, of everybody. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but she really went downhill. And that caused everybody to go downhill. All the siblings where she just all of a sudden hated my kids, hated me, and things started to spiral out of control. And, um, you know, I found out why all this was going on later on and, and what, from their perspective, what they were thinking. And it was very, it was very interesting, but that's kind of how things how things were and we were on the brink like how you said for different reasons um on the brink of of divorce and I mean I went so far as looking at homes for myself and my my girls and and um he my husband actually brought the nacho kids to my attention I he started listening to podcasts and heard you guys as a guest on a podcast and said you really need to listen to this (laughs) and um and that's how I discovered you guys so that's kind of how things progress without getting, I mean, obviously there's a lot more to it, but that's a in it, synopsis. The Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Good job, hubby. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, thank God. If, if you don't mind, let's, unless Lori wants to go somewhere else with this, let's talk a little bit about what happened. You know, when he came home and he's like, you need to listen to this podcast, you know, kind of mm-hmm. talk us through how, how you started down that path and started to see, some change in, in the problems? Well, so I listened to your podcast after he asked me to do so. And, um, I, it resonated with me so much. And again, not because I was disciplining my stepkids, but from their perspective, well, first of all, they were very in tune to the rift between my husband and I, and also they were telling my husband that he was changing because of me. He was unhappy. Mm-hmm. He was nagging them to do things that he never used to nag them about before. Mm-hmm. They were not taking it well, and, and rightly so. Yeah, that's because he's being Michelle by proxy. Because you're exactly you're exactly. going to him, and then he's going to them, and then it becomes all this is just coming from Michelle. I mean, same thing I heard. You know, my kids were like, "Oh, that's just coming from Lori." You're just saying it, yep. but it's coming from Lori. Right. Right. Um. Exactly. And I remember his son. He took his his kids out to dinner. The one night, you know, I, I wasn't around or what have you. And his son um, said, oh, you'll be divorced in, in a year. Ah. And I, that, I know, and it got me, uh, this is the, it, it got to me, you know, it really, it, it hurt. And um, I was like, something's got to give, you know, something, we have to change. Something has to happen because quite frankly, my husband is literally, I mean, I know a lot of people think this of their husbands, but a, such a wonderful man, a patient, kind, giving, loving person. Um, he, he would do anything for anybody. My whole family thinks the same of him. So it's, it's and my friends are like, wow, how, you got, you're so lucky. And I would always say he, he calls a baggage. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I knew something, 
something, it, it was not him. It was, it was definitely just, it was me or the environment. And Laura, I remember you said to me, no offense, but you sound like you're your, your worst enemy. And I'm not defensive about it. You're right. And, yeah. I, and I definitely saw that. And I think what was so, what is so complicated in our household is there, the, there's so many children. There's so many different points of views. There's so many different personalities. And also my stepchildren and my own children are very, very influenced about what goes on at the other house. So I opened, when I found out my stepdaughter was so upset and writing letters about how poems, and she's very artistic about how we came in. Well, let me, let me also say this. We moved into their house. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my children and myself, which I do not recommend. That was probably the biggest mistake we made in everything because they definitely viewed it as us invading their home right. and changing everything. Mm-hmm. And it was a bad, it was a, it, you know, we did it. We thought we were doing it for the right reasons. We were all in the same school district. It was a house we could build onto, which we did. Um, somehow every kid has their own room. Okay. So we built on and made rooms out of garages and did all this stuff. So we thought we were doing the right thing. Um, but in, in, in essence, it was not a good move. So she would write poems of how we invaded her home and how she doesn't like me and doesn't like my kids. And it was, I was hurt. I mean, it was hurtful because like I said, we had a very good relationship in the beginning and it was, it was tough to hear that. Um, so I decided to take her out to two of us and have kind of kind of have a one-on-one conversation with her and, and really address some of her concerns. And it was nerve wracking for me and nerve wracking for her. But I think that really, really helped the two of us. And um, man, the things that she said to me were like really, really interesting. And part of what she was saying to me was, which goes against kind of the nacho kid philosophy, which I think I told you this before, Lori, was um, she would say at her mom's house, her mom's remarried, and they have this relationship where all the kids are completely equal. They discipline each other's kids. It's 100% you're all in together. Everyone's treated 100% fairly by both parents. And that's the way they work over there. And she really did view discipline as love. And she said to me, I don't understand why you don't discipline my brothers and I. Like when, when we leave our school bag in the hallway, you don't say anything. So she, she wanted to feel like I was more like a mom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that she used to say that she said to me, which I thought was very interesting, was I would there was a night we, we sort of switched our time around so that we would be we would have more alone time with our own children in the house. So at, in the very beginning, we were all together or all not together. So the kids came and went. We had 50 50 custody. So we had the kids all together and then they all went to the other parents and we decided that probably wasn't the best thing for us to do because I wasn't able to really bond with his kids at all. I was so focused on my own who were very needy and vice versa. And um, so we switched things around a little bit, but when all this was going on and there was so much tension on the nights where my husband had his kids, I would leave, you know, I'd make myself scarce and I just would go somewhere. And she didn't like that. I mean, she felt like that was, Oh yeah, of course, Michelle's not here because her kids aren't here. She would say stuff like that to my husband and she admitted that to me as well. So 
that was her, like her needs. That's how she felt. And like, I abandoned them. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if the boys felt the same way, but I thought that was very interesting because my kids, I don't think really felt that way about my husband, but that's how she felt. And she was just making a mess out of things because they were her feelings. It's weird. It's like the opposite of what you would think. And then um, also with the girls, she felt very like they were treated differently. Like my girls were treated differently. We had different rules for different kids. And I had to say to my husband, look, that's, she's got to figure out a way to get over that because, and, and I read this all the time in the Facebook, you know, everybody complains about that. How do you, how do you have a set of rules for one set of kids and then a different set of rules? But I don't have a problem with that. I mean, when we moved in, all of my husband's kids had TVs in their room. My rule is you don't get a TV in your room. Sorry. Um, and I had no problem enforcing that with my kids and, and they were okay with it. His kids definitely were not okay with having different rules. I mean, they felt that everything should be equal, but a big part of that was because that is exactly the way it was happening over their mother's house. Right. So until we had a real come to Jesus with them and said, we are not your mother's house. This house is being run differently. You're going to have to accept it. You're going to have to understand that with all you kids, everything cannot be entirely 100% equal. Michelle and her ex-husband are the parents of their children and myself and your mother are the parents of you guys you have to accept that and things have gotten better since we've been able to have those serious serious discussions with the kids um especially with his so does that make sense that makes perfect sense and i'm so glad that you had that conversation with them because they need to realize that you're not their parent and yes they have two homes with two step parents, but things are not going to be the same everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their mom is doing what works for her and her husband. You're doing mm -hmm. what works for you and your husband. Right. Yeah. I, I think a mistake that some people make is that um they they treat talking to the kids kind of like they do arguing. Like you don't argue in front of the kids. And I agree with that. That doesn't mean that you shut them out of the other family dynamics, I think bringing them into the conversation, I mean, obviously if they're three years old, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but once they start getting a little bit older, uh, it makes sense to bring them into the conversation and let them know kind of what's going on and why it's going on and the differences of things. And especially when they become teenagers, I think they should absolutely be involved in that because they are being asked to go from two different uh, family dynamics every time they switch between one and the other. You know, for, for me, I had one step family. It was me and Lori. That was our step family. For the kids, they have two step families. They have to go from us to their mom and, and her husband or whatever she has at the time. And, uh, and so they have, they're having to switch back and forth between step families, which is something I don't have to do being the parent. Right. Yeah. And I think, and the same went with my children where my kids would go over their fathers who still doesn't have who is still not in a relationship and really never has been. And they would get this undivided attention from their father and doted on and, and everything else. And they, in a way, resented, resented me, you know, which my own, my girls, and they would see, I look, I'm not only your mom, I'm a wife, I'm a stepmom, you know, I'm, I'm 
all these things and I need to pay attention to all of these relationships. And they would have a hard time. I mean, my girls had a hard time with that. And I, and I had to have the same conversation in a different way with them where I said, look, I get what goes on over at dad's house. That is not the same here. I need to nurture my marriage. You know, I need to nurture that. I know you don't 100% get it now. I would use their grandparents as example, like look at my mom and pop pop. They have each other. You girls are going to move on with your life and hopefully get, get married, have children of your own, have your own families. He will always be family, but he's going to be my family, my, my guy, my person. And it took a lot of um, kind of unbrainwashing and talking through things. And, I, and I'm not saying they, they love it. You know, they're still, you know, they, everyone has, still has little issues here and there, but I had to have a very similar conversation with them. And I think where his kids, again, like I said, it's so complicated, felt, I guess, comfort in seeing their mother and her husband be so connected. I mean, they did, they're a team beyond team. And then my husband and I were, as I said, very disconnected. And I'm sure for, for especially for his kids did not feel, they didn't like that. I don't know if they knew how to verbalize that or, or really felt that that was truly how they were feeling or a problem, but it definitely was coming out where they didn't feel a sense of family, a sense of comfort when my husband and I were totally not on the same page, not doing anything together, not sitting on the couch together, not disconnected. But at the same time, we also, you know, where we're different and we had to explain this to his, on, on their mother's side, they don't do anything apart. If they go on a trip, they all go together. If they go to somebody's a family's, you know, a house, family's, extended family member house, they all go together. On our side, my kids, my girls and I ski, okay? We all, we, we, we've skied all our lives. We love to ski. My husband and his kids don't ski. Well, guess what? I take my girls, we go on ski trips once a year together. That's just the way it is, you know, and you're going to have to, and they're going to have to accept it. And, and he can do the same with his kids. And I have a huge extended family, uh, a very, you know, loving, great family. I mean, they're not going to want to go over my mom's house every time you know, I take my girls over. I mean, they, they have a nice relationship with my parents, but it's not, it's not their grandparents. So we understand that and kind of let them choose or let them, unless it's like a big event, don't make them go. And that's just how we run our family. And it's different than the other parents' house. And, and it's, we've had to accept that and also have them understand that as well. So that's been a big help, I guess. Mm-hmm. So as you were kind of coming out of some of these problems, I guess, right around the time when you, your husband was found the podcast and all that was, was he, I guess he was looking for uh, some help as well. Is that how that kind of played out? Yes. Cause he and I had def- had been through um, counseling um, mm. and it got to the point where we were just talking about the kids. I mean, we had to have the one counselor made like a chart because there's so many kids, so many dynamics. So he would have a kind of like a, um, like a NCAA March Madness chart. <laughs> and he would, he was, you know, writing down all the kids' names, their ages. And then this one, my husband's ex's family and dynamics and everything. And so we were going, and it was just becoming overwhelming. And really the bottom line was that, you know, the therapists were like, well, you know, we really need to talk to the kids and the kids, there's no way they were going to therapy. There's just no way. So he was looking online for different things and, and help. And that's how he came across, across that, the nacho kids. So, um, 
yes, he was definitely looking for a lot of help. And really what, what made me really get involved was the fact that I had to accept, and I think I liked what, what you had said, David, in one of your, um, one of your messages to me, that what was very upsetting to me was the kids and how they just didn't seem to really like each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they just weren't, they weren't fighting. Nobody was outwardly fighting, but they were just not getting alone. They just didn't like each other and not talking to each other. Family dinners were awful, very, very awkward. And um, you start to sit there and wonder why the hell did I do this? Like why we should have just stayed dating in separate houses because all the kids are miserable. They don't like each other. Are we a family? Or I was having a hard time trying to find my identity and what does what is a step family supposed to look like? Why are we even called a family when we're really not a family? We're really not. Nobody really speaks to each other. I mean, other than some of the girls have somewhat of a relationship. Um, why are we all making each other miserable? So it, it, it was like, I went from anger to almost like depression and sadness over this because my dream of having this family, and I did have it in the beginning. It was, it was good. Like I said, in the beginning, started to unravel. Like I said, there was tension with my husband and I, and every time we thought we were coming to a head and, and making some kind of a breakthrough, it was always coming back to me being depressed about our family dynamic and what it looked like. Um, not really knowing what my identity was. What should I do? Should I be more a mother, like a mother to everybody? Should I not? Should I disengage? Should I engage? I really just had, was having a hard time understanding I just wanted someone to tell me what to do, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm working on now. And I'm still working on that. And you guys honestly have done a lot of, I mean, I'm not shy, as you know, reaching out for help and posting things and trying to understand. And David, I remember when you said you guys have, there's all these different relationships in your house. You have the kids have your, you have a relationship with the kids, the kids have relationships, and then you and your husband have their, or, or I think you said family. So there's three different families living in the house. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then you also said, who cares what people think? Because, you know, I, I guess I was worried about what people thought, you know, when they would see that, the, you know, the kids don't even speak to each other at the bus stop, for example. Um, it's weird. And you're right. Like, and I told you, we, we went on a family vacation this summer to Costa Rica. We rented a house and, um, one of the stepkids, the stepson who I, who was 16, just, he's been tough. You know, he just doesn't like the girls, doesn't, he just can't stand them. And, um, was having a difficult relationship with me, just being rude to me and cold. And, um, he's been better with me, but he decided not to go on this family vacation. And, um, we decided to give the kids a choice because quite frankly, it's, it's expensive and, we don't want any. We don't want to force everybody there. Miserable, and I'll tell you what. A lot of people thought we were crazy. Oh, you can't make a. You can't let a 15 year old make that decision. You're the parent. You need to decide for them. You, and I. You know, I'm like, oh, is that what we should have done? Like, I don't. I don't know. I mean, how? What? Like, what is the right thing to do? Sure, take the step kid with you and make everybody have a miserable <laughs> time. And it's something right. they will never forget about how miserable that experience was. That's a great idea. People are awesome at giving you advice when they don't have to live with the consequences of what that choice was. You're right. You're totally right. And I'll tell you what, we had a great trip. 
Um, it was, it was, I, it couldn't have gone better. You know, I know my husband was a little sad that his son wasn't there. Um, but it's better than being sad that he was there. Exactly. And, and he knows that he's, he's realistic. He's not like he understands, but, um, it, it worked out really well. So that's kind of been our philosophy moving forward with things. Um, there's very few things we will force the kids to do. Uh, we, we host Christmas at our house now, and obviously we force them all to come downstairs to say thank you to anybody who brought them a gift, for example. But um, other than that, it's kind of leaving it up to them. They're old enough to make decisions and decide where they where they want to fit in and what family. If they want to be part of the family, that's fine. If they don't, and I and I I'm slowly starting to get over get over it. But mm-hmm. I think it's definitely been me. My mindset has been the detriment to family for sure. I remember when we first started talking to you. We don't want to come out and go. Have you ever thought that you're the problem? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. we understand mm-hmm. how stressful it is. And it's hard to look at yourself as not being the problem, but being a huge contributing factor, whether it's your unrealistic expectations, your reactions to things and things like that. But we knew you would get there. We just kind of had to lead you. And then you have to see it on your own and realize, you know what? If I step back, things get calm. So maybe I need to step back. Maybe I just need to let go of these expectations that we're going to be a big, happy family. Yeah. The other thing to realize, too, is that these things typically are not, uh, they're not permanent decisions. It's not like you're saying, Michelle, you have to step back and that's where you're going to stay the whole time. You're never going to come back into the picture. You're just going to step back for good. That's never what it is. If it's done right, it's all temporarily done and to, to to uh, relieve the pressure, to rebuild relationships, and to fix a lot of the problems that were created and hurts that were had, and then start moving back into a, a relationship that is healthy and is fun and is exciting. Definitely. And I think one of the things too, and I am such a believer in this, it's funny, I said, I, I really wish I, I could change my career to a marriage counselor now. <laughs> because <laughs> You can't, girl, I, there's like, nothing what? stopping you. <laughs> what? You're, you're divorced. How could you be a marriage counselor? I said, well, <laughs> I really think there's something to putting your marriage first in every, in every scenario. And I, I'm not saying, I know Lori, I've talked to you about this, about putting your kids versus your marriage, your marriage first. And mm-hmm. obviously your kids in some situations have to come first, but right. showing, showing these kids, you are, you are unified because especially in a blended family, because these kids, I mean, they can manipulate the hell out of your, out of you. And if you are not showing that you are together as a, as a united, you know, front and that you, that you have to put each other first and you spend time together, why the hell should they like ever accept your marriage or accept the blend? If you're not accepting it and you're not putting it first, why should they? I mean, they're not biological siblings to each other. Like, why, why should they care? So I've, I've really made a, made a strong effort to do that. And, and my husband needs that. He's so appreciative of that. And, um, and I, I'm happy to make, make him happy. And I see it, it's been such a healthy change for us. But here's the thing. You couldn't put your marriage first because you were so focused on what was not working in the blend and what the stepkids were doing, quote, quote, wrong. You're right. You're right. And I was focused. So I, somebody said you focus more on 
what your stepkids do versus your own kids. So if your stepkid leaves a bowl in the sink, you're like, it drives you almost to insanity. Like you want to, but when your own child does it, you feel obviously less, less rage. And it's, it is so true. And now that I realize that that's helped a great deal too, because like all of you are teenagers, you're all little jerks. You're all equal in your jerkness. (laughs) And um, it's just, it's interesting how you can come to that really bringing that to your attention it's amazing because it's so true I think so many step parents and step moms especially do that your own child could leave a sock on the floor but if your stepkid does you see see stars you want to kill somebody so knowing that and and being self realizing that about yourself is is really really been helpful for me also Mm -hmm. one of the things Laura Petherbridge always says you see your kids through the eyes of love you see your stepkids through the eyes of responsibility. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) When you see that sock on the floor and it's your kid, it's, oh, sweet little Johnny's sock. Even if it annoys you, you're not like, oh, that young and could have picked this sock up. But when you look at that sock and it's the stepkids, it means so much more. It means this kid's lazy. They're going to live here when they're 40. Their dad never makes them do anything. (laughs) They think I'm their maid. I mean, it just spirals because you don't have that bond with them that you do with your own kids. Oh, and I, that quote, I've said that to my husband and other um, stepmoms. I know. So I think that that quote was amazing. That, Mm -hmm. that really helped me. And you're so right about that. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. And then, you know, also just letting your, your whole idea of changing your thinking. Um, I mean, I would get myself, I've always been a very happy person. Um, lots, you know, lots of friends, lots of family, a great job. I definitely saw myself spiraling downhill into depression, which, which was like foreign to me because I, you know, I never ever thought I'd become depressed or or sad, chronically sad in any way. And I was, I was becoming that way and circling my house. I thought if I knew the stepkids were there, almost giving myself panic attacks about even walking in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, I would text my friends and be like, I'm, a, I'm on my block, but I can't get out of the car. Like, wh- why? It was those ants, girl. <laughs> oh, it's like, then going into the house, finally, I would get myself out of the car. And I'm like, what, what was the big deal? What was I, what was I so afraid of? Like, what was I, but like, you're getting yourself so amped up and so, you know, upset for no reason. So you really have to change your thinking, like the way you have talked about. And that's really, really been helpful for me. And also an anchor thought, you know, you know, if, if something's getting on my nerves, um, or there's something, I feel myself going down that deep, dark hole, I hold on to something positive. And there's so many positive things in my life right now. So um, it's been just hearing that terminology and accepting it has been so helpful to me. Um, so that's where I am right now. I'm so proud of you. You you have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, you're you're talking a lot about the some of the things we do in the academy, or actually talking about all the things we do in the academy. Um, what was your thought process when you joined the academy? Like, I know some people are they're in like the Facebook group, and they're like, I'm just going to get all I can get out of this Facebook group. I don't understand why I need to join an academy or why I need to invest in uh, in the, in this process because they think it's simply um, stepping back. So what what would you say to that? Well, first of all, if you, like I said, we went to therapy. Okay. Mm -hmm. We we went to, we, I think we went through two or three different counselors and let me tell you that cost a fortune. 
<laughs> I think mm-hmm. it was like $200 a session or something. Oh, and really, it got us nowhere. Or I, maybe it was a little less. I don't know. And, and insurance doesn't cover that much of that. And um, I, it didn't really help. So I just don't understand why if you don't really want to really work on your blend and you're having all these issues that you see on the face, maybe start on the Facebook page and you see, you, you find some, you know, common ground with some of the people who post why you wouldn't want to, I mean, for what the Academy is charging, like it's unbelievable bargain compared to what you'd be charged for a regular counselor that may or may not know what he or she is talking about. Like I just, you guys resonated with me and what you were saying resonated with me. And I just, I wanted to make my marriage work, you know, and I wanted things, I wanted to feel happier. I wanted to have someone to talk to um, and joining the Academy. And I, I've said it in the Facebook posts. I, I don't talk too much in those posts, but sometimes I'll hear somebody say something and I have said, you, you really have to join the Academy. And I, I'm not trying to sell anything or, or what you're being charged. It's so worth it to me. And again, having been through expensive therapy and counselors, um, to me, it just seemed like a no-brainer. It, and, it's, and it's helped a lot. You know, it's funny you said that about you're not trying to sell anything. And I struggle with that because I tell people, I'm like, you need to join the Academy. And I feel like that I should add a caveat of, look, I'm not trying to take your money or make money off of you, but I mm-hmm. want to help you. And in order to do so, I need you to join the Academy. And yes, I mean, it costs us money to run all that stuff. It's not free. Of course. And it's just, we see the benefit of the Academy that people get in such a short time frame that they would never get out of the Facebook post because mainly you've got people in the Facebook post that don't understand the method. And they're not going to understand the method unless they join the Academy because it's not a, let me respond to your Facebook post and tell you everything you need to know in 25 sentences. Oh, I, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, you hear, I mean, some of the, I would say the majority of the Facebook, the stuff that's put on Facebook is, is absolutely not nachoing. And I know you and your administrators are clamping down on that. Um, but it's bad advice. A lot of it, it's, Mm -hmm. um, venting, which is fine. I get the venting aspect, but to me, I was on the brink and feeling like I have never felt in my 46 years of life. I have never felt so sad. And why was I sad? I literally had the best husband literally on the planet. I had an awesome family. Like why I I need to, and I know it was related to the blend and how I was thinking. And I just, I just wanted, I wanted help. Mm -hmm. And so it just, to me, it was like, and you, you can cancel anytime you want. So I just didn't see the harm in it. And it's been right. obviously, you know, such a help for me. I mean, some of the things you say have been like, I've just quoted a million things. And I, I it's really honestly resonated with me and helped, helped me so much. Um, and I tell my husband, some, I'm like, oh my gosh, listen, listen to what David said, <laughs> listen to what Lori <laughs> said. And I feel like I know you guys. Um, and it's helped him as well. So I just, and I'm, I'm a researcher. I, I look into things. I Google things. I'm, I'm really trying to, I want to make everybody happy and be happy myself. And to me, I just didn't see the harm in it. And it's been such a, such a blessing and a benefit to me personally and my family. And believe me, things are not perfect. There's relationship issues in the house. And, but my mindset has been so much better. I, that's definitely um, made everybody happier in the house. So I greatly appreciate that for sure. Yeah. When it comes to perfection, I'm a big believer that perfect is the enemy of good. 
And uh, so many people strive for perfection and they just completely miss out on what could be a good relationship and a good life because they're striving to, um, to get something that looks perfect. And there's not anything out there that's perfect. I mean, you know, not even Lori and I's relationship is perfect. There's, there's friction with things and there's still step family issues that pop up from time to time. And it's not that we're trying to say, Hey, uh, come on and we'll, we'll help all these issues go away. We're not, nobody's going to do that. What we're trying to do is give you the tools to deal with those things when they happen. Right. Or to change your reaction to things where things do change around you. I remember um, just a minute ago when you were talking about that you were happy and all of a sudden you started feeling depressed and not happy. I remember that feeling. And I remember thinking, I've ruined my life. I've ruined my son's life. Why do I not even look forward to doing things I used to? I'm dreading coming home. I look forward to going to work. Um, Just any reason to get out of the house. And like you said, the anticipation of the stepkids are coming. It would start on, you know, Friday and they're not coming until Monday. I think a lot of us get to that point. But the difference is you and I both saw the value in our relationships with our significant others and wanted to make that work so much that we were willing to do what we needed to, to join the Nacho Kids Academy, to listen to what other people had to say, and to really take a few steps back and look at ourselves. Definitely. And I, I think starting from just my husband's attitude with all this, I guess, you know, he always was, he would think I was attacking him with everything and and he retreated a lot and we're now at the point we're just start you know starting which has been so helpful and so we have seven teenagers basically I mean Mm -hmm. it is like there is just like ah and Mm -hmm. um I felt like lonely because I felt like he I couldn't talk to him because he was so defensive about his own kids and then he would never it was like the opposite like I would want him to I would be like oh you know talk about one of my kids this one Blah, 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 did this and this and this and this. And I, I, I'm like going, cra- I need somebody to bounce something off of. And he would just sit there and like, kind of nod at me. <laughs> like he was a thing to me. And now we're finally, I said, you know, I was able to have a discussion with him and say, can we start, you know, look, we're, we're in this together. We're raising seven children. They're, you know, four of them are in the state high school. Like all these kids are going to college. Like, we need to, I need you and we need each other. And let's be a little bit more self-deprecating with this. And they're being jerks. Let's say they're being jerks. Like, let's say it. Let's just say it. And he's finally, because I think I've backed off so much, he, he'll say to me, oh, I can't believe my kid did this. Or what do you, and, and actually ask my advice on things. Mm-hmm. What do you think about letting my daughter, what do you think about letting my daughter, I mean, because I have teenagers too, you know, and I, and I'm someone to talk to and I can respond without being so judgmental. Not all the time, okay? I'm not saying it's 100% perfect, but we've become more comfortable with each other and become definitely more of a team. Took time, and, and, and I don't recommend this right off the bat, but, you know, I feel more comfortable saying, wow, I mean, he's been in his room for eight hours. Do you think mm-hmm. that's okay? And he feels more comfortable saying to me, do you really think you should let her and her boyfriend in the room with the door shut? <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, no, you're right. <laughs> that it's, but it, it took time to get to that point. And it's, it's like, I'm, I'm so glad that we took the step back. We, and now are stepping forward a little bit. And, and I feel, I feel more like a team. And I think that's what we both needed to feel. And then also right. becoming more accepting of the relationships in the house and 
you know what? I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if they're, you know, I say, okay, if one of them gets married, like, is everyone going to be invited? Like, I don't even know <laughs> how that's going to go or what that's going to look like. Or, and I, I have to stop worrying about that and stop, you know, thinking about it so much. And, and doing that, refocusing has just been a godsend, quite frankly. Right. And one thing too is the reason that you and your husband are now able to have some of those conversations you weren't able to have before is because he realizes that your comments or your um, whatever you're wanting to talk about is not coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place of love. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also, you have to you have to establish that safe zone, so to speak. So, you right. know, if I go if I go to Lori and I say something about my kids. And then she comes back with like this huge attitude, like she gets mad about it. Then I'm like, dude, I am not talking to her about my kids. She gets all crazy about it. Um, Or the other thing is that you have to be okay when your spouse, uh, you go to your spouse and you say, well, do you think he should be on the TV for eight hours? And he goes, I don't see a problem with it. Then you got to be okay with that. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and that's where I think a lot of people make a mistake is they feel like when they mention something, the action needs to happen. And, and that's not always the case. Somebody may not feel like they need to take action on something. And, and if they don't, then you, you kind of have to be okay with it. They're the parent. They're parenting their own kids the way they want to do it, whether you agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. One million, one mil- and that's the basic, that's the very first thing I learned from the Nacho, Nacho Kid Academy, from listening to your very first podcast um, for your interview, was just the basic, which is they are not your kids. You are not responsible for them. Um, and that has just like, just that in itself is like, wow, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> eye opening. And yes, and, and believe me, when I say things, sometimes my husband agrees with me, sometimes he doesn't. And I, that's okay. Nothing mm-hmm. is, nothing's hurting the family, nothing's affecting us long term. Um, it's, it's, it's all okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, like, I can breathe a little. Yeah, you definitely can breathe a little better. I think maybe we should add a course um, to the academy with me saying, they are not your kids. And then David saying, but I don't want their teeth to fall out of their head. And me say, they are not your kids. (laughs) You know, kind of replay the conversation that I had with Mr. Butler at the time when he kept telling me they are not your kids because it took me, we know, 862 times of him saying that and then me leaving and making fun of him then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, they're not my kids. I'm creating my own misery. It was like just a ray of sunshine. And girl, the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I felt happy again. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't thinking bad thoughts about tying kids up to trees with duct tape. I'm just kidding (laughs) about that though. (laughs) Kind of. And Um, I was sitting sitting there going, this is the same thing I told you for a year. See, (laughs) yeah. David. Yeah, my husband too. I know you guys. You guys have something. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, they have something. You- Sorry. I've been trying to tell you to back off for the longest time, and then some counselor tells you, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'll do it." <laughs> yeah, we need to. We needed that. We needed that. Give us a break. Give us a break. <laughs> Sorry, Lori. <laughs> but you know the other thing too about the conversations with your your spouse is you always want to make sure that you you limit the number of conversations that you have that are those types where it's like, look at what your kid's doing or not doing. 
And if, if your com- communication becomes just that, it, which is a mistake we made, it's like every time Lori and I would talk, it was all about who's doing what and what problems are causing and they're not doing good in school and they're not doing their homework and they're not listening to me and they're not cleaning the room and they're not brushing their teeth. After a while, it's like, look, I don't really want to have a conversation with you. Oh my God, you and my husband should talk. That's exactly, and I, you're right, you're right. And that, that's exactly it's a, such, such a major problem. And, and so it's, yeah, I feel like this is what I'm saying. This is why you guys resonated with me so much. I'm like, are they, are they me and my husband, like in a former <laughs> life or something? We tap into your cameras on your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh geez. Hey girl, get your husband to be a guest on the podcast. I, oh God. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he just said, I, I walked out and I, I told him I was doing this and he goes, take it easy on me. <laughs> I'm like, I will. I know. I know. And, you know. and there are things in the house that do affect me personally and my you know, I think I posted about, this is so disgusting, but my one stepson would, um, when he went to the bathroom, he missed all the time, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, seriously. I like, it just was something I just couldn't ignore. And, you know, so now I just tell my husband, I'm like, Hey, can you take care of the toilet? 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 I don't know why they made the hole so small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. Yeah. You have all boys. I was. I only had girls, so I just was like, ew. But um, (laughs) you know, he 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 said, Michelle, I'd rather you do that than for you to come at me and say, he peed all over the toilet again. He peed all over the toilet again. He peed all over the toilet again. So it's been just just those tips because you know I I do feel like there are things that do affect your family, like Mm -hmm. that do that are. You're all in a house together, so you can't ignore every little thing. But the way to, I guess there's just a way to handle it, and there's a way not to handle it. And I've really, hopefully, done a better job with that. So I don't want to, like, downplay. I mean, listen, I think people, you have to emphasize with some people who are living in filth or what have you, and, and there ha- that does have to be addressed. But there's, like I said, there's a way to handle it and a way not to handle it. So, and you guys have really given me a lot of tips for that too. Yeah. We we talk about uh, oftentimes, especially when the new people join the Academy, that um, there are two conversations that are always going on. There is, there's the, what you say, and then there is what somebody heard you say, and they are often (laughs) not the same. (laughs) Yeah, For sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. A hundred percent. I want to talk about, I want to go back one more time to something that you said. Um, you touched on not making the stepkid go because they didn't want to go. And we know from experience, if you make a kid go to something, they will make everybody have a miserable time. The mm-hmm. same thing with a stepmom. If she doesn't want to go to little Johnny's five-hour softball game, mm-hmm. don't make her. Because she's going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. Everybody's going to be miserable. It's okay for people to not want to participate in things. Thank you, Lori. You're giving me a reason not to go to anything with Jackson anymore. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, that does not apply to you. (laughs) Except for David. Yeah, except for David. I, I, I honestly have been very lucky with that, Lord, I mean, my husband never, ever put pressure on me to do anything related to my stepkids ever. Um, to the point where I was like, 
you want me to come to some things? And now we do go to each other's kids stuff sometimes, not everything. If you want to. Not every little thing. If I want to, and, and a lot of times I do, a lot of times I can't because I have other stuff going on or what have you. And that honestly was another thing we had to address with the kids because again, they were seeing over their mother's house, they didn't do one single thing apart. So when anybody had a game or a, you know, whatever, they would go together no matter what, even if the other, even if the bio kid had something going on at the same time, it was like very weird. I mean, I just didn't understand that. And my husband had explained to his kids that, you know, sometimes Michelle, you know, isn't going to go to everything with me. You know, she can't, or she doesn't want to, or she has other things or, you know, what have you. So that weirdly so that had to be an expectation we had to play, you know, make, especially that his daughter understand. Um, but no, you're, you're totally right about that. It's, it's like, there's nothing worse than having somebody there sulking, you know, whether it be an adult or, or a child, it's, it just ruins the time for everybody yeah. for sure. I don't know that the bio parent necessarily wants to go to everything. I think we do it out of obligation. No. Oh my gosh. True. Please. I know. I know. <laughs> I know when Lori was like, uh, I need you to go with me to the parent teacher conference thing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't want to go to that. I don't even want to go to it when it's my kids. Well, you, he, he has to remember, though, is Jackson at the time was going to a private school and David knew everybody at that school because his kids had been going there. So I did want him to go with me. Right, right. It was a different reason. It was for a yeah. different reason. I was going for her. I wasn't really going for the stepkid. Well, and we also have right. to remember that Jackson was three when David and I, no, four when David and I got married. So his relationship with Jackson is a lot different than the relationship I had with his kids at Jackson's age. Look, I got a better relationship with Jackson than she does. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for sure. And it's just like how you can have a different relationship with each individual stepkid. Like it's Mm -hmm. totally different. I mean, my, my husband and my oldest daughter have a great, they text, they have like a, like, a great relationship. They joke around. And then he has a dip, definitely different relationship with my other daughters. And then the same thing with me and his kids. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, it's all different. And yeah, I, we're, we're just big believers in not I think forcing things. That parents need to have, um, they need to have permission to do that because oftentimes we hear step parents thinking that, you know, we have to have the exact same relationship with everybody and we have to have the exact same um, way we treat everybody. And it's weird that you don't do that in any other area of life. So why do you feel like you have to do it under your own roof? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally true. I know. It, that's definitely a realization I had to come to because I just didn't feel, I didn't understand. I didn't feel comfortable with it. Again, I was questioning, why are we a family? I don't, we're not even a family. We're just not, you know? And I, when you accept that and understand that, um, it's really, it's liberating in many ways. So it's been, that's definitely been a, um, a blessing again to, to come to that realization. Mm-hmm. I think it amazes people that you get what you want sometimes when you don't push it, you just let it happen. Yeah. 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 And that, that is a, the biggest thing that we see people do wrong in the blend, whether it's, for instance, David, wanting to push everybody to play happy family at the dinner table or me wanting his kids to interact with my son a certain way or his kids interact with me a certain way. And if we just let things happen naturally, there's a reason that it's called let it happen naturally. (laughs) 
I mean, it's just yeah. so much better. Yeah. Right now, my 12 year old is boycotting um, dinners. <laughs> and um, I don't know why I'm not I'm not and I'm not playing into her, her nonsense. Um, and I know my middle daughter went through this, you know, probably at the same age. And she just doesn't want to have dinner together. She just doesn't want to. She's not complaining. She's not having a fit. She just doesn't want to. And I, I honestly, I, I was upset about it at first. I was pushing it. And I, and now I'm, I let it go. I don't, I'm not, you know, she's the youngest and there's a lot of, um, probably a little bit inappropriate talk at the dinner table with, cause there's teenagers, you know, all teenagers. <laughs> and she, you know, I think she, she just doesn't feel out of place. She feels out of place. And I, again, not forcing it. She comes down an hour later and sits and, and I sit with her and we talk while she eats and it's okay. And like, I've, and it's been just stuff like that, little things like that, where you're just letting go and has, has really, really helped because like you said, yeah, I don't know who said it, David or Lori, but no family looks the same and especially no blended family. And it's, and the blended families are not nuclear families. They're so different. So you got to stop looking at things that way. And mm-hmm. that's been, that's been very helpful. So yeah. I think we're going to change some terminology. We're going to say that once you have joined the Academy and you get into the point where, where you are, Michelle, we're going to say you're no longer a blended family. You're now a marinated family. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. I think that would uh, be more appropriate for sure. Yeah. You just, just sit and, and, and all the juices and just let it all soak in. <laughs> Definitely. There Definitely. you go. We're going to get you a certificate that says I am now a part of a marinated family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. That's funny. Well, Michelle, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. And I have two things I want to say. If you want to be a marriage counselor girl, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And and if it doesn't work out between them, then we know people that handle divorces. And, you know, (laughs) you've always got the nacho kids to tell them that they can join. And I think it would be great. Also, we're going to give a shout out to your hubby. Shout out to the hubby for listening to the podcast that we were on and telling Michelle about Nacho Kids and for being supportive of understanding why it's good for her to Nacho. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it makes a big difference when when the husband hears about it. I think we've seen a lot more success out of that. Like when the husband hears about it first and brings it to the, the, the spouse, it seems to be a very different journey than the other way around. So, um, and I think maybe it's because if the if the woman hears about it first, she usually tells the 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 husband. She's like, "Let me tell you about what I heard." Whereas I think the the husbands from from my experience, they don't necessarily tell them about it. They say, "Here, listen to this." Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So maybe that's uh, something that the women should try. So like, here, listen to this. No, don't even tell them about it. Just listen to it. Yeah. I will suggest that in my marriage counseling session. <laughs> yeah. Let your marriage counselor listen to it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's great. Well, again, it has been great having you as a guest and thank you for sharing your story with us. And we are so proud of how far you have come in your blend because I can even hear it in your voice that the happiness has returned to Michelle. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It really has. And I cannot, you, I mean, honestly, like it, it almost makes me tear up, which for a Philly girl, it's not, you know, I don't tear up very often, but it, it makes me, um, I would say you saved my marriage. You guys have, and I, I don't say that lightly. I'm not trying to be corny or anything, but I, I really thank you guys. You saved it. So thank you so much. And I, I just hope everybody gives it a shot. Anyone who's struggling gives it a shot. It's, there's nothing to lose. 
There really isn't. There's only something to gain. We we tell people this all the time and we sincerely mean it. We we're providing the tools, you have to put them to use. I mean, you know, and you did the work. I mean, I can hand you a hammer and you can either set it down or you can build a house with it. And and you took the tools and you put them to work. Yes. But thank you for that. Um, it, it makes my heart happy. It does. And it makes insensitive Lori want to tear up too because <laughs> I know where we were and I know where you were and I know where we are now and where you are now. Not that we're going to stop growing or that we're going to stop trying to improve things, but it's life-changing. And we are thankful that you decided to join the Academy and do the work to save your marriage. Because as you know, a lot of people just want to vent and it's easier to leave. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And you just have the same problems in a different marriage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And tell your husband if he wants to be a guest on the podcast, let you know and you can get in touch with me. Yeah, I'll be on that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> let me think about that for <laughs> Okay. You can think about it. And hey, I can let you hear it before we post it and see if you approve. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> well, thanks again. And you have a great day. You too. Thanks, Lori. Um, bye. And David. And David. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget me. All right, David. Let's briefly tell people what they get with a Nacho Kids Academy membership. We can't do that briefly. Yes, we can. Watch <laughs> this. You ready? All right. With the Nacho Kids Academy membership, you get access to over 23 video courses. You get live Q&A calls with David and Lori Sims. You get access to an anonymous community. You get challenges, month-long challenges, to help you change your stinking thinking, to <laughs> improve your self-love, and the Nacho Kids Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. And there is also a private journaling feature. Don't worry about losing that key to your diary. <laughs> it's all in the Nacho Kids Academy. <laughs> okay, now that you talk features. Did I get everything? I think so. But now that you've mentioned a lot of the features okay. of the Academy, let's talk about the actual results of the Academy. What results does the Academy bring to people? Tell us, David. So I'll talk about the results that I see people having, not the ones I think people should have. Okay. So I see, number one, something that happens fairly quickly is I hear people and read people posting in the forums about how they literally have a much, much calmer blend and that literally their sanity has been saved and the stress level has been reduced tremendously. And I tend to see this happening within a very, very short period of time, like within a week. Mm -hmm. So very quick results. Then I'm also seeing people who are saying that their communication with their significant other has increased and improved. Because they're not just complaining about the stepkids. Right. And then I see people who are having success with relationships with the stepkids, the significant other, the in-laws. And as one lady recently posted in the Academy, it's helped me with every relationship I have inside the blend and out. And y'all think I'm kidding when I say nachos a way of life. It really is. Yep. It can lower your stress in the line at the bank, it did for me today. <laughs> so, yes, we have all these things like the courses and the coaching calls and the challenges and all that. But really, 
what you get out of this is a way of life that lends itself to a much healthier you, a less stress for yourself and your significant other and your family and aligning all the things from your thought processes into how you engage with those people around you and in turn, how you react and respond to certain things properly. And it's, it is a complete way of life. It's a culture change for people. And once that clicks for them, the results are absolutely amazing. But it is a process. It is a process. And we often do get asked like, well, how long does it take to nacho? Which you and I laugh because we're no, it's, it's like, there's no such thing as how long does it take to finish it. It takes as long it. as it takes you to get from step one to step two, mm-hmm. to step three and to step four. It is a process. And even though we see changes quickly, you can't stop there. You have to make it through the process. Yeah. Well, I think one misconception is that there's, there's an end to it. And no, there's no end. <laughs> I'm still nachoing after 11 years. <laughs> and I think that's the part that's funny is people are, people look at it as like, it's a course, like when do I graduate? And you can tell when they finally catch it, catch on. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is how I'm going to do things from now on. This is how I'm going to approach life from now on. Now I get it. And, um, I almost want to like have a graduation for these people. Like you graduated, your eyes are open. You now get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, um, the very first person that signed up for the Nacho Kids Academy has told us when their time came for renewal that they were going to be a member for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The very first person that signed up is still a member. Yes. So an active member too. Mm -hmm. Going on almost two years. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Have we really had the Nacho Kids Academy for two years? I believe so. That can't be right. All right. Well, you look it up later. Okay. (laughs) But I think that is right. So anyway, I just wanted to tell y'all a little bit about what the Nacho Kids Academy is, um, because we have people ask a lot of times, and they're like, well, you know, what if I can't join this, or what if I can't attend this, and is it self-paced? Yeah, it's Mm self-paced. It's self-paced, and if you can't make it to the Q&A coaching calls, you can submit a question. And we answer those questions and post them in the Academy. Yep. And we, we record those Q&A calls so you can go back and, and watch them, it, even if you attend, because we know some people who attend and then go back and listen to them again. Because oftentimes when somebody's talking to you at, at the time, you kind of, your mind's kind of running, you know? It's like you're thinking about the next question you're going to ask or, you know, you might have things around you that's interrupting you. So being able to go back and listen to that is pretty valuable. And we have two, and this is another thing I like about the coaching calls is we have some of the members that have been there for a little while. When they start coming into the coaching calls, we find that they are being helpful to other people in the coaching calls as well. Yes. And I really, really love that because everybody's situation is unique. And it's amazing how one person's situation can speak to another person's situation. And they may only be three months ahead of them. And so when you have somebody who comes in, and they're like, we just signed up yesterday. And they're talking to a couple who signed up four weeks ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, we were we were where you were just a month ago. And then these people are going, oh, my gosh, we can make it that far in just a month. And it you know, it just turns a light bulb on for so many people. And they, it gives them hope. And you can tell when they have that, that switch, when they go from hopelessness to, to having hope. 
which we we hear a lot of people talk about that in the academy forums as well. Right. But um, I just love seeing that that switch turn on for people. I like it when we're on the coaching calls and you see the husband poking at the wife or the wife poking at the husband, like, listen to this. And then all of a sudden it's the roles reversed. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, Lori, I didn't want you to say that. Yeah. Like, look, we're not here to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point, which is we don't sugarcoat it. And we will find the things that you have going on in your life or your blend that are problematic. And we're going to point those things out. And sometimes that means people are like, what do you mean I'm the problem? Or do you mean that what I did was wrong? David, we don't come out and go, excuse me, Mrs. Jones, you are the problem. I do. No, you don't. <laughs> I wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> You'd be banned. <laughs> I know. Kick me kick me out. Nope. We wait until Mrs. Jones goes, you know, the other day I was thinking, and I realized that I'm part of the problem. And we're like, bingo, ding, 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 ding. You're <laughs> on to process three. <laughs> Yeah, no, we do lead people down that path to help them self-realize. We lead you to water, but we can't make you drink. Ain't that true? Because we've had some people just flat out dehydrated and fail out. <laughs> David, and you're like, dude, here's the water right here. David, stop. Stop. What? What? We ain't had nobody fall out. We did. They DFO'd. <laughs> they done fell out. <laughs> no, no. We ain't had nobody DFO. <laughs> All right, so if anybody wants more information about the Nacho Kids Academy, guess where you can go? NachoKidsAcademy.com. That is correct. But, uh, yeah, shoot on over to the Academy. And as we talk about every podcast here recently, we do have a drawing going on, contest going on, so you can get a free month. So take advantage of that. It's get in there. not a contest. Okay. What is it? It's a scholarship opportunity. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. So do that. But anyway, uh, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Jump in there and really put yourself in a position to to win and succeed, which means you have to give it time. You have to put the time into it, and you have to put the effort into it. But you will see results. There is no doubt. All right. Anything else about the Academy? Nope, that's it. I'm done. You done? I'm done. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right. That is our well, show. I'm, I'm so, kidding. I, so I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Join us next week when our guest has a nice English accent. Oh, goodness. Here we go. And I just love it. <laughs> Such pleasantries. <laughs> they don't say pleasantries. All right. They don't say all right. <laughs> all right. How about we have that? a stepmom from the UK. True, we do. Yeah. She'll be on here next week, y'all. All right. Until then. Life is good. When you're nacho. Crunch, crunch. Chomp, chomp. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.